Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and in the Sun-Times newsroom with us live is Bill Daly. Thank you for joining us. Great. Thank you. Any rapper endorsements you want to tell us uh, not about? Not that I know of, uh, but you'll be the first to know when I'm done. <laughs> why not? Yeah, well, why not? I'd, I'd love to get some rapper endorsements. But in fact, you have two rapper endorsements. Is that going to have any impact? Kanye West, Chance the Rapper, endorsing Amara Enya. Are these young people who never vote going to vote? Well, I would hope that the young people who are so engaged in the process today uh, around the country do stay engaged. And I think our city needs that engagement. Obviously, I'm, I hope to get a lot of engagement from young people for my candidacy, but I think it's a good sign if they really do stay engaged, not just on a specific issue, but on a whole host of issues that are affecting the city, because it's the young people, obviously, that are the future of this city, and they have a vested interest in getting involved and staying involved and voting. But Celebrity Fest? Well, I don't know. I, I don't think celebrities, do, quite frankly, everybody says it who doesn't get an endorsement will say they don't matter. They'd love them. But, but I think uh, the young people today are especially sophisticated enough to not just respond because a celebrity has endorsed somebody, but really try to engage with that person and decide whether he or she is the best person for the future of this city. Now, you are one of the smartest political strategists I know. For years, I've been talking to you about other people's candidacies right. and their paths right. to victory. What is Bill Daly's path to victory? Look, at, I, I think I have to be engaged in each community in the city. There's 77 communities. I've begun a, a process over the last four weeks of going out of the communities, meeting with people, asking them whether it's Hedgework, uh, Hedgewich, Oh, Hegwick, Hedgewich, <laughs> Jesus, that, that, that people there won't like me. Uh, Edgebrook, uh, Streeterville, uh, little, uh, little Village, uh, Little Italy, uh, Wicker Park. Uh, but Ukrainian I'm talking Village. from a political no, saying, calculus standpoint. But, but, but Fran, I think right now what I've got to do and what I'm trying to do is go out and listen to the people in the communities and engage them and ask them, which I'm doing. What do you want from the next mayor? What do you see as the problems? So I think the political sort of analysis, that's your business. That's not my business It used to be anymore. yours. It used to be my business. I'm in a different business, Fran. I'm trying to convince people that I can lead this city and engage with them and listen to them. I think that's the most important thing I can do. Why you and why now? Is this because it's your last chance to do this and you've always wanted to? What is the reason no, why I, people Knowing how difficult this business is and how difficult this process is, I think that's a ridiculous uh, motivation for someone to do. I think I, based upon what I've done over my career, mostly in the private sector, I didn't do what my some family members have done, and that is have a career in politics and spend their life as an elected official. I had a different path. And I think because of that path, both in the private sector and the public sector and the nonprofit sector where I've helped uh, organizations in this city, help people in the city, I think that gives me the ability 
to have a different way of, of leading the city. So I, I'm, what I'm is not that doing different it. Way? I, I, what I don't, is that I don't believe way? it's it's. This is not just some ego move. This is not something that I want to have a prize of being mayor. That's ridiculous. I think I I think the the my, my career in the private sector and in the non for profit and in government has been about trying to bring people together to solve a problem. And God only knows, we have some serious problems in this city that have to be addressed. And you're only going to do it if we bring people together, not divide them. Some people like the politics of division. We see it at the national level, see it at the state level. And we cannot have that at the local level and think we can solve our problems. Well, what do you have to offer to African Americans? I mean, what is your solution to rebuilding ravaged neighborhoods and, and solving the crime problem. But Fran, I, I would say this, and in the brief period I've been in this, but knowing this city, the issues that are common in the African American community are common in every other community. And the same could be said of the Hispanic community or the, the white community or the Asian community. And I think to try to separate us by saying, okay, what's the black community's answer to this problem as opposed to the white community? Or the, that, that's the old think. The problems of taxes, of, of safety, of affordability are the same in all three communities throughout this city. Okay. I think the African-American community wants a, a, a safer community, the economic development that has to happen in those communities. We have to find a way. We celebrate the area we are sitting in right now for the economic development that's happened. We've got to find ways to take some of this and spread it throughout the city using like opportunity zones to try to work with the private sector to raise large sums of money that can be invested in communities that are stressed, that, that there can create an opportunity for the private sector and opportunities for jobs and economic development in some of these communities that have really been lacking. We celebrate the success of like this neighborhood, but two or three miles away is a very different climate. And we've got to find a way to take this success and move it a couple of miles. Right, that, and that Mayor Emanuel is trying that, to do that. Well, but he's, I think we've got to double down on it and what, try to how? find ways. I think using the Opportunity Zone, which has come about by virtue of the tax bill that was passed last year, is a real a chance to have funds from the private sector to invest in communities and make a difference. You're talking about the federal tax bill? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because the mayor has Opportunity Zone. No, that's too. very different. Very different. Okay, right. so, that's, so that, that's city money. Right. We're talking about the opportunity zones that the state and city have designated that, that people of great wealth can avoid some of their capital gains taxes by investing in a fund that invests in distressed neighborhoods uh, for an opportunity for them to make more money and avoid some of the taxes, but create jobs in these communities. And so I've already begun to talk to some people who are looking to save taxes at the federal level by investing in these funds and trying to encourage them to look at neighborhoods in Chicago that uh, they can make money, they can avoid some taxes, but it can be a real impetus to improvement in some of these communities. So the Trump tax plan has benefits for Chicago, potentially. I, I think the, the only good thing, right, quite frankly, that's probably in the tax bill was, a, was something that's called the Opportunity Funds that Senator Scott from South Carolina, the only African-American in the United States Senate, uh, insisted on. I think that's a real chance to make a difference. There is no, it's sad to say, there is no urban strategy at the federal level. Uh, but that is one Is there sliver. one at the city level? The, the, well, uh, everything the city does is an urban strategy because we're an urban setting. Right, but for I would these say neighborhoods the state, that I would so say neglected. the state, I would say the state uh, and the federal government have not had an urban uh, policy. This governor, Governor Rauner, it's like he doesn't even know where Chicago is.
Now, you backed a candidate for governor, Chris Kennedy, who said yeah. that there was a strategic gentrification plan to whiten Chicago. Do you believe that? I, I, I differ with Chris on that statement. That was his belief. It was not my belief. I think there is, a, there is no, no doubt that the success we've seen, which we celebrate, because we've got to improve, we've got to continue to grow the economic growth of this city uh, in order to have an opportunity to solve some of our problems. If, we, if that economic growth slows down, we only exacerbate our problems, and that would be a terrible situation for the people of this city. The mayor uh, has raised taxes by $2 billion and only begun to solve the pension crisis. We've seen a couple, at least three or four property tax increases. Right. We've seen two telephone tax increases, a water and sewer surcharge. What about the choices he made on taxes? Would you... You know, I'm not going to go back and review and criticize decisions made by this mayor or previous mayors. Uh, Why not? Uh, Why not? Tell us what I'm you would have done I'm talking about different. the next four years. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how to bring people together to solve the problem. There has been a stability in the short-term finance crisis that was there. Uh, you named all the ways in which that was done. Okay, and you can argue whether they should have been done, needed to be done, all that stuff. That's Did it overburden the middle Did. class? There's no question the people in the city feel a tremendous burden on their taxes. And it is only going to get worse as the reassessments have come out in many neighbors of the city. That's a reality. We cannot continue to do that uh, alone without real reform that going forward. So we've got to bring together labor, the political system, the business community, and say, what are we going to do in order to solve this problem? I have heard repeatedly from the people in this city, in every neighborhood I've been in, that their taxes, you cannot just put it on them in real estate tax increases. That is not going to work. People do not have to stay here. We've lost 250,000 people in the city of Chicago over the last 30 years. Okay? Most that, of them African American. Most of them are middle class African Americans. We've got to bring why, their kids why back. Did they, why We've did they to, leave? I think why? it's a whole host of reasons. The schools, they're improving, but they weren't strong enough. Some people just wanted the American dream to move to the suburbs. You live in the suburbs. You know, you understand it. A lot of people just wanted to move. What were you going to say? You couldn't leave? I think there's a whole host of reasons. We've got to, not, we've got to work to bring their kids back into the city where they may have originally been born and raised and bring them back and have the schools for their children and have the economic opportunities and have a vibrancy in some of these neighborhoods that was there for 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's a goal here. That's How? what we have to How do. do you do I that? think there's also ways to do it. I think encouraging and getting businesses to look. There's a big shift in the corporate world today, I've noticed, on in engaging in communities that they didn't in the past, quite frankly. And a so, sort of social consciousness that we're all in this together. In this city, with the dynamism that's going on in many communities today, there's a tremendous amount of good things going on throughout the city. And oftentimes we kind of ignore that. We talk about the negatives all the time, which are, which are real. But, but in every neighborhood in the city, there are tremendous things going on. We've got to try to highlight those. We've got to try to magnify them, grow them, uh, or else uh, we, we get too down on ourselves. We have a lot of problems, but there's a lot of great things going on. What about the billion-dollar spike in pension payments that will smack the next mayor in the face? What is your plan for that? Look, at, that is real, and there's no answer today for that. Okay, you have we've to got to sit down. There's going to be wait, 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 there's going to be a new governor, 
the, go- the state's got a worse situation. We've got to sit down with the governor. We've got to sit down with the legislature. Got to sit down with labor and the and the the aldermen that are elected next year and say, here's our situation. What are we going to do? I know you think today everybody ought to have the answer for it. I believe that we've got to begin the process of first of all letting the citizens of this city know the magnitude of this problem. Okay, I still think there's a there's a misunderstanding about what may be the problem here. The truth is the long-term viability of this city depends upon trying to find a way that we reach some solution. It's not going to be done overnight. It's, it took us a long time to get into this hole, and it's going to take us a long time to get out of it. But, but we've got to f- find a way that gives some light at the end of the tunnel. And there's lots of options that will be thrown out, and everyone's going to throw out some revenue options. Why don't and, you throw and, out a few? Because uh, I'm not prepared at this time to give you the entire package. I, don't think, I think we've got to listen to people. We've got to go out and educate people as to the difficulties of this. And, but I believe everybody has to be at the table and to, to talk about this, everyone being the politicians, labor, uh, the business community, the state leaders that are coming in, this is the economic engine for the state. And the new leadership that's coming into the state government has got to understand, if they don't help make this city stronger, there is no way the state can ever get out of their problems uh, if Chicago does not get stronger long term. Is the business community that's backing you, and you've been the uh, chief money raiser so far with $1.7 million, are they worried about a sharp turn to the left Look, at, I think the biz, first of all, I, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I've had many people that I have relationships with long term and know from the private sector and from some of my government service support me. Um, but they understand this city and the change that's going on in the city, and they have great concerns, not just about the downtown or their business interests, but what's going on in the overall city. Um, I think they're concerned, as every leader in every city today around America is concerned about the future of that city. The, the urban uh, agenda, there is no urban agenda, as I said, at the federal level. But the business leaders are concerned. Will we continue the economic growth that's going on right now? Uh, now, there may be a national slowdown. But, yes, there is a great concern by the business leaders about the future of this city. They don't want a major shift to a negative way that will affect not only their individual business. This is not just self-serving. A concern about the city because the truth is if we don't continue economic growth the chance to solve and address some of these problems gets even harder than it is with economic growth. Well you have candidates talking about a LaSalle Street tax and those kinds of things. Right. Is that right. the kind of thing they're I, concerned I, look about? At, they're concerned about not just the revenue side they're concerned about are you going to those who say basically decimate city services or whatever that in order to balance this you know, this is not a simple solution. It's not, there is not one silver bullet that's going to solve this problem. But, yeah, they're concerned about uh, r- revenue that will stymie their business, especially the small business owners. The big businesses will generally survive, okay? They'll survive an economic downturn. They'll survive uh, a lot of things that, that are done by government. But what I hear repeatedly out in the neighborhoods are the small businesses that are struggling. Even those businesses, they care more about a... A, a infrastructure project that's tearing up their streets and uh, you go up on Devon Avenue and talk to the business owners there where they've had this problem in the middle of the street for months and their businesses are being affected by it. The, LaSalle, the Lake Street, this construction that's gone on Lake Street for so long, tearing up. Those are the things small businesses are concerned about. Big business is concerned about sort of the, the, the large picture 
Oh, okay, but they will survive. They will do well in spite of whatever changes. It's the small businesses that are really struggling and worried about issues uh, in their communities. A couple of months ago, yeah. you were furious at Mayor Emanuel. You said he should put on his big boy pants, right. and it was time to right. take responsibility, stop blaming yeah. the past. And yet, your brother allowed the pension crisis to fester. What? My brother did not solve the pension crisis. The pension crisis has not been solved by Mayor Emanuel. It was not solved by Mayor Washington. It was not solved by Your brother Jane didn't Burn. even try. Jane, well, that's not true. That's not true. He had a commission. Could, he had right. a report. Okay. So right. what? So what do you so so what? I'm talking about the next four years. You can talk about the last thirty years right, and but forty we, years. How did we, go get, ahead. But we got here because all the politicians at the state level and the local level didn't face up. At times, and they'll say they had good reason. You know, some people maybe wanted him to jack up the taxes in the middle of the economic crisis, or they wanted Rahm Emanuel to go even further, or decimate city services, or Harold Washington to do something, or Jim Thompson, governors. The reality is, friend, we are where we are. But your brother go not forward. only allowed a report to sit on a shelf, he allowed property taxes to remain unrealistically low. He because raised there them was, twice. I assume, I assume it was because. There was an economic crisis going on, and people were losing their homes all over the city. It was and not for 22 it, years that no, didn't No, happen. not for 22 years. I know that, Fran. But you can argue about the last 30 years. That's great. You know, you can write the history book about it, and that's terrific. I'll buy it, and I'll read it. But I'm trying to figure out how to help the city for the next four years. Well, what mistakes and, did and Rich Daly make that you that's won't That's your job. That's what, your job. What mistakes did he jobs. make that you that we've got to We've got to address the pension crisis and the long-term economic viability of this city going forward. Everyone does. And so I am. that's why we're talking about it. That's why we have to come up with plans. We have to address these problems. We cannot keep doing what's been done for 30, 40, 50 years. It's not going to work. But why didn't your brother put on his big boy pants and handle this? Why don't you ask him? But no, I'm serious. I mean, yeah, so am I. <laughs> if you are drawing the line between yourself and your brother on ethics yeah. and all these other yeah. things, tell right. us what Richard M. Daley did wrong. I, look, at he did a lot of things wrong. Okay, he didn't solve the pension problem. Okay, I gave you the headline. Parking meters? Yeah, I did. Parking meters? He, he, he sold didn't them. Solve the parking meters. He sold he, them. He sold them. Yes, and he did. That was a mistake, yes, wasn't did. it? Uh, the way they did it was absolutely a mistake. I think the way they did it, I understood that when he was faced with allegedly laying off 5,000 city employees according to police and fire, he looked for revenue. They should have done it differently. That I agree with you. 100%. What should they have done? They should have. I, I don't, you know what, Fran? You want to go back. Okay, well, I'm I, trying but, to go forward. I, I would not do that deal. Okay. And I would not do that deal the way it was done going forward in the next four You wouldn't years. do the You're deal right. at all, no less the way it was you, done. I just told you I would not do that deal. Will I look at every option? Do I think every option possible should be on the table to solve some of our problems? Yes. Okay? Would I have you done that deal? The, I would have done that deal the way it was done? Absolutely not. Would you have kept the parking meters and raised the rates? They were unrealistically low as well. Look at friend. I'm not going to go back. I, I'm not that detailed on the parking meter deal of 15 years ago, whenever it was, okay? But the reality is, this we have an economic problem right now, okay? And we're trying to we need to address it. And all the candidates will have to try to address it. And I will do that, okay? But trying to spend the next uh, six months worrying about the last 30 or 40 years, that's your problem. That's your issue. Well, certainly you stood at your father's side. You stood at Richard father's M's. father's been dead 40 No, I understand. Years. But what lessons did you learn from both? I, I learned that you have a tremendous love of the city, and that's what motivates people in this city to care about this city. We have a great city. 
I learned from both of them that you do the best you can on a daily basis and you try to deliver something for the people. Uh, I've took a different path, as I've said, between them who were career politicians and my career is very different. And I think some of the things I've learned in business and in the private sector and not-for-profit and government at the federal level, I hope to bring the bear. Uh, I've run an agency that uh, had 45,000 employees and was worldwide. What and mistakes that, did you learn from both that they made that you That's won't your repeat? job. That's no, your job no, to but, decide what mistakes. Well, okay, tell, not mine. But, but clearly you learn from them. Tell us what I you learned, learned. I learned many things. I learned you don't do a, a parking meter deal the way they did it, okay? So I gave you one. You can okay, that's that one. Headline. You want to give me another? Uh, I probably wouldn't have done the way he did Megsfield. But the reality is... The way? He, the way you wouldn't have closed done, it either? No, I would have closed it, and I would have brought the 40, 40 acres to the people of Chicago, okay? But not but in the middle of the night? Not, probably not in the middle of the night. Probably what, doing what did that daytime. say about him? Uh, he was, had a different style than I would have. Arrogant? Bullying? Oh, that's your what? opinion. What was it? Um, what was it I just about wouldn't have, I would have done it in the daylight. How's that, Frank? <laughs> okay. What is your plan to solve the affordable housing crisis? Okay, I don't have the 10-point plan, but I'll tell you right now, in every neighborhood in the city right now, everyone's worried not just about the housing, but about what is the affordability of living in that neighborhood, whether it's the taxes, whether it's the housing. No doubt about it, we celebrate changes that happen in neighborhoods by gentrification or whatever phrase you want to use. But the fact is also that people do benefit from that. If you've lived in a home for many years and suddenly it's worth a lot more and someone's going to pay you a lot more, you know, you're not going to tell people you can't sell that home because someone's going to pay you a lot of money and you may want a retirement or you may have a illness that you'd like to get that money in order to pay. Now, that has an impact on that neighborhood. You see it in Pilsen. You see it in a whole bunch of neighborhoods. Um, but, but there's not a neighborhood in this city right now that people aren't concerned about the affordability, mostly right. about taxes. Would you remove aldermanic prerogative that has had aldermen have the ability to stop projects like that? Uh, I think right now, I think we've got to review that and decide whether or not that prerogative is the right thing to do going forward. Now, you don't think it's so? Been, I'm, not, I'm not in absolute agreement that we ought to continue that. Why not? Because I think the, 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 we've got to look at it as an overall, not just ward by ward. We've got to look at the citywide and, uh, and make that decision. And so the fiefdoms, the zoning fiefdoms should end? No, that's your opinion. Well, I'm saying we so ought to review it. I said we review should review it for it affordable for, housing. For affordable housing, we ought to take a look at it. And because decide why? Not because we ought to have a citywide vision and a citywide program, and not just do ward by ward. You've talked about term limits for mm -hmm. the mayor, and that's yeah. easy for you to say because you're 70 and you're not going to serve more than two no. terms anyway, right? I think the city council ought to enact but the for city mayor council. whether they're 70 or 30 or 12. Okay, but the city council also should have term limits, maybe yeah, a little more. I should, um, I what about cutting the size of the city council? Mayor Emanuel talked about that, cutting it in half. Talked and then about he it for off. 100 years, basically, or not. What about years. it? What, well, why not? I, I don't know whether what's the question is. What's that going to solve? Just having too many aldermen sitting in a room? Money, okay. what, money, cost. I, I don't think it's the money and the cost. I think what you've got to make a decision is whether or not that's really going to make this city more effective or efficient. Okay. I, so I don't think, I think spending a lot of time worrying about changing the charters to the size of the city council, I think we'd better be better off if the city council had term limits, if the mayor had term limits enacted, not self-enacted as I'm doing, but statutorily 
changed. Pat Quinn's got his proposal. It may get on the ballot. You can be assured if it's on the ballot, it will pass, and I think that would be a good thing. And if, there was a, if it was on the ballot that the city council had term limits, it would pass overwhelmingly because the public believes in it. Would Ed Burke be your finance chairman? Well, he's the finance chairman of the city council. Yes, I would do, he be the finance chairman he has to be in your administration? I know Let, that. Let's see if he wins. Okay. I do think that. Do you think he's in danger? Is he in danger? Uh, that's your political analysis. I assume he is. 50 years is a long time to be in any job. And I think uh, as a part time job, I think it's probably time, considering the changes have gone in, that uh, he move on and have a representative from that ward that is um, of the. Uh, uh, Hispanic persuasion because that ward is, is primarily Hispanic. And what about his uh, the affront to his constituents with his long representation of Donald Trump? They, they'll have to, that, they will vote and decide whether that's an affront. You think to that them. was an insult? An insult to them? I, I think that's a question for the voters in his ward to decide all sorts of factors whether or not that that is a factor that they want to vote on or whether it's his represent, representation of the ward over the last 50 years whether that's what. Uh, they will vote for or against them for it. The ethics plan has the feel of don't do what we used to do. Your brother, under his administration, your family members benefited greatly. Daly and George benefited greatly. Uh, nephews and nieces and all these things. How do you convince people that you're really going to draw the line of the way it used to be? Well, I think if you look at the proposals, I mean, that are specific about things, that that's what I can do. I can tell people what Bill Daly's about. You can waste your time worrying about the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Well, was that's that fine. wrong? Tell us about uh, what look you at, think I believe what there on. should be term limits today. I believe that the lobbyists should not be um, giving contributions. I, I believe know what you that believe, but I'm yeah. asking you what you that's think what, of what friend, happened That's before. your job. That's your job well, to look back. I'm looking you, forward. I don't think the public cares to engage in a process about the last 30 or 40 years. I think years. they need to hear from you because they're there are people. They're hearing from me what I believe and what I believe but going forward. But there are people forward. who won't believe you, you because well, they'll, they'll say, they'll well, the daily years that, They'll have to make that. that judgment. But I never heard a daily before say there ought to be term limits. I never heard a daily before say these things. So that's a judgment people could make about me versus some other daily. I'm extremely proud of my brother and my father's service to the city and who they were, more importantly, as individuals and as people. Of course, okay? but there are things that they did that you wouldn't do. I, and I laid out a bunch of them to you and to the public So why yesterday. didn't you tell them at the time that it was the wrong thing to do? Because I wasn't running for mayor at the time. <laughs> well, oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true, but right. I mean, if you really thought it was so wrong, you should have told them. It's, friend, they were the candidates. Rich was the candidate for 20 years, 30 years. It wasn't my job to tell him what he believed. I'm telling you what I believe. Okay? And there's a big difference between me and my brother, as every family has differences between their brothers. Did you and tell who them at are. the time? Oh, what I told them publicly or privately was my business. Okay. okay? Uh, the mayor's wrapping up the hiring of a thousand cops. Is mm -hmm. that enough? Probably not. It is not. Probably not. Why not? We look at the crime situation in our city. Look at the stress that's on the police department right now and the greater stress that's going to come with the needed more training that has to take place. And the consent decree. And probably decree. the consent decree, which will require more training and the cost of that. So my sense is that we probably need, obviously, need the 1,000 and probably need some more. Can we afford it? I don't know. I think there's been an 
a, uh, a concerted effort on using technology, and I think that's been good. And we probably we have to double thousand? down. Do we need we, another We probably thousand? have to double down on even more. I don't think we can afford a thousand on top of the thousand right now, unless someone has a game plan to how to pay for that and how to afford that. Uh, but so I think using technologies that um, that are used in other parts of the world may be more helpful than trying to hire in 2,000 more cops and police officers instead of 1,000. Are you But worried? the bottom line right now is we've got to show greater support for the men and women in the police department who are doing a tremendous job. And I know for a fact, because I've talked to many of them, they feel that the political leadership is not standing behind them and the community's out. Now, there's are many, they right? there are many communities that aren't because of the problems that have occurred between the police department and primarily communities of color. And we've got to work at trying to figure out a way to get that solved. It will take a long time. Much of that is will hopefully be affected by the consent decree and the leadership in the police department. But the bottom line is that is a long-term solution. Ten people were shot in the city of Chicago on Wednesday. Where's the outrage? Does anyone really care? If that had happened and somebody had said uh, that that person, they th the suspect of that person was a Middle Easterner, you'd have the entire federal government in, in Illinois, in Chicago, trying to catch those suspects or that suspect. We move on. It was 10. Last weekend was 27 people shot, 8 people killed. Where's the outrage? Where are all the, where's the candidates for, where's the governor right now? What are people saying about this what's happening in our streets. There isn't the outrage that I think has to be there from the communities and from the political system on what's going on on the streets of Chicago today. Are you worried about the impact of the consent decree, the Laquan McDonald verdict, and the overall lack of support for police? Are you worried that they will lay back even further? Yeah. I what am. are you worried about there? I, I'm, I'm worried that the police department, the men and women who go out every day to protect us, that is their job, okay? They don't go out to do wrong. They go out to try to help us and protect us. Now, there are bad actors. We've seen that. And, that, and they have to be uh, uh, punished by the system. And it has happened, okay? But we cannot just focus on that. We have to focus on the fact that there are people out there who are doing crimes day in and day out. We've got to find a different way to try to figure out well, what are you worried about their well, reaction? What are you worried will happen? Uh, what, what you've speculated on, and lots of other people, that the police department, I think they're doing a great job. We took 8,000 guns off people last year. That is a tremendous accomplishment, more than any city in the country. But there is a feeling out there amongst police officers that I've heard it from police officers who are doing the job every single day, that there isn't the support for them right now. And look at nationally, I, I know they feel that and in many places for good reason, okay? But I think it's time right now when you see what's going on every, seemingly every single day in communities in the city on the shootings, that we get a, uh, a much more uh, concerted effort to not only support the police when they're, uh, but, and point out when they make mistakes, but have a game plan at the state level. Where's, where's there any, uh, where's the outrage in the legislature for some action? on crime. Nothing. Did we pass a crime bill last year in Springfield that was meaningful? No, not that I know, and Democrats control it. How would you change the police contract? Well, I'll deal with that when I'm mayor. Well, but I mean, don't you, would you seek changes to make discipline easier? Sure, sure. How? 
Do you have well, any? You, I just told you that through negotiations, we will approach that. There has to be, and I can think the consent decree will in many ways affect that. But I think there has to be, for the policemen's, policemen and policewoman's protection, a, a speedier process. And for the confidence that we have to deliver of the communities in the city about the police officers, we have to have a quicker way to to uh, deal with actions, and they have to be protected, and they have to have some understanding that things aren't going to linger for months, if not years, uh, through a process that they're, they've had some black mark on them. That's a terrible situation for them. You say, Ed Burke, it's time for a change there. Is it time that Mike Madigan call it quits as well? Uh, I'm not, I don't live in his district. I'm not going to be well, governor of the state. That's up to the voters in his district. Do you district. like the way he and handled the everything down, down there with too. the sexual harassment uh, allegations? Look, I'm not going to get into what's going on in Springfield right now other than say that we need a new governor, and hopefully we're going to have one in two, two, ten days from now. How, how much turnover will we see in the city council, do you think? Uh, the voters are I don't angry. Think, I, I They're think furious. Absolutely. I don't think there's many aldermen who are incumbents who are not going to be challenged. Not um, that challenged. How, many, how much turnover? I don't, I, I, I don't. That's your business, again, to try to figure out the politics of what's going to happen. I think there will be turnover. Obviously, we've had some retirements, um, so you're going to have a fresh face in many of these wards. But I, I think the, the aldermen know better than anyone that the voters are upset. They want results. They want action. And hopefully, uh, if I'm mayor, um, that I can work with the city council and make those serious changes. Would you keep Eddie Johnson and Janice Jackson? I'm not going to get into personnel, personalities and personnel decisions until I'm mayor. But I'm telling you, I will review everyone who's, uh, who's in leadership to make a decision whether or not they're performing. I think the school's improvements, I think she's most impressive. I think Eddie Johnson's a great guy. He's a nice guy. But, I, but I, I, I will reserve judgment to take a look at, at all the leadership in the city. And I don't know whether they'd want to stay under me. That's a decision they'd have to make. Bill Daly, thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you, Fran. Okay, we'll keep going for a second.